0: Balance of Nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time.
1: I'm 57 and poor construction and I had a hip replacement and sore joints, and not feeling too well. And I was limping around and feeling really depressed. I've tried different supplements and different things, but with balance of nature, my body just feels better. I don't limp. And it's kind of weird because I, at first I wasn't sure. And then a couple months into it, I just noticed I'm walking and I'm like, hey, man, I'm not like sore. I'm not limping, nothing. I'm sold on it. I've actually talked some family members into taking it and stuff. I'm walking and everything's great.
0: Experience the Balance of Nature difference for yourself. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 800-246-8751. That's 800-246-8751. Or by going to balanceofnature.com. And make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code KATE.
1: This show is not for sensitive snowflakes. We enjoy the right to offend each other. It's part of this uh, free speech thing that we fought so hard to get. The Kate Daly Show starts now.
2: Have you ever heard of some fellows who first came over to this country? You know what they found? They found a howling wilderness. The summer is too hot, and winter is freezing. Did they have insurance for their old age, for their crops, for their homes? They did not. They looked at the land and the forests and the rivers. They looked at their wives, their kids, and their houses. And then they looked up at the sky and they said, thanks, God. We'll take it from here.
0: Oh. Man, I we were love a lot that. tougher back then. <laughs> thank you, John Wayne. <laughs>
1: we were a lot tougher back then. Oh,
0: I love that clip from his one of his movies. Um, I don't, I can't remember which movie it's from. I used to have it written down. Anyway, uh, boy does he nail that. We looked up at the sky and said, Thanks, "Thank, thank, uh, thank you, God. We'll take it from here." We have so much to say in this hour. Welcome to the Kate Daly Show. I'm so grateful that you're listening. Go to katedalyradio.com. I I talked in an earlier uh, kind of a local hour uh, before we started the show today about... The fact that I have, A, Dr. Paul Gooch with me. How are you?
1: Right on. So glad to be here.
0: I'm glad to have you here. And um, and also the fact that we, this show must educate. And as much as the low-hanging fruit is enticing today in all of Bobblehead and all the stuff he's doing in Syria, which we knew was coming... Um, if you still believe we should just throw bombs on other countries because we're always in the right, please, please read history. And the, the, the last century should teach us volumes about what we're doing and why and how they're doing it in our name, by the way. This is the low-hanging fruit of the day. We could go there. I guess we could. But I don't want to today because I want to concentrate on something different. I was reading Letters from an American Farmer by Krevcor. Or, or uh, how else do you say it? Krevcor? Uh, a, and this book was written in the middle of the 1700s. And before the ink was dry on the Constitution, he was writing about what it meant to be an American farmer and why it was so vital and why it was so important. But what it really said in general about the state of where we were at at this particular period of time. And when you want to go back into history, and honestly, they don't want you to open a book, to look at the journals, to look at the people that wrote about this period of time, because you're going to find, A, a lot of similarities about the life you lead, the challenges you have, and their challenges. You're also going to find that they looked at, at, at this country in a much different way than you've been taught in history, as they started subverting history back in about 1910. We started changing our own history. And now in 2021, they are teaching you critical race theory and all of the bull crap that they love to sell you on a daily basis. It's not true because they don't want you to open a book and read about the fact how they viewed Negro slaves back in the 1700s, how they viewed America why they came here what their challenges were what was so enticing about about making a voyage where you were almost dead <laughs> assuredly coming over on that boat where you the, the thought of not making it was definitely a thought because you were on that boat for a long time but why did we come here what was it about this country and and Dr. Gooch and I are going to talk about this amazing these amazing letters about describing the American experience from this point of view. So today we can walk away with a little history learned.
1: Yeah. In fact, do you mind if I just kind Please. of to your national audience, I want to um, put a theme out there okay. <laughs> for this hour. Sure. And the theme is that just, and I want people to think about this, the principles of Liberty properly applied, create the greatest incentive for humanity to flourish and arise out of meanness and poverty. And the opposite is also true of tyranny. So, and, and so I'm a doctor, right? I think in terms of, um, um, I diagnose, I treat, you know, like everything we do, we we gather data, then we assess it and then we decide how to fix the problem. And we have the answer. I'm going to just on the front end of this hour, if I can just unpack the prescription and then we'll tie that into what all this farming is. But, um, the first thing that, uh, um, I would like your national audience to know, um, you need to go in your states and figure out how to change your candidate nominating procedures to be this. No candidate gets on the ballot unless they go through a neighborhood delegate driven nominating process where they are vetted by groups of neighbors. That will ask and good de- questions. and delegates <laughs> that come out of these little groups of neighbors mm-hmm. before they can get on a ballot to to go to a primary or general election. Right. That one thing right there and the okay. reason I put that first is because that's where we get our connected control of the people we elect and part of the part of the reason America's in so much trouble now is that process now doesn't if you exist listen anymore. if you it's listen broken. to our
0: show three years ago or three, <laughs> three weeks ago, ago we you'll understand what he's talking about <laughs> right right so make like, sure you hit that podcast and then hit this podcast
1: right I mean that's actually the covenant mm-hmm. part of right. our Republic but that's so but just functionally and organizationally that is so important neighbors getting together again right and mm-hmm. delegates who uh, who nominate the candidates who go on to the ballot number one that is the number one thing figure Get out what back that means to that. yeah mm-hmm. and you're
0: Right. You've been robbed of it, so get back you to that. Been
1: you have been uh-huh. robbed. You kind of have to go back to the mm-hmm. to um, history a little bit to get all the language and all why and what that means. We've had some experience with it here in Utah, but mm-hmm. that's number one. Number two, we need to. Um, once you have connected control of your government again, you're going to have to uh, make sure that the boundaries that we were given are re-respected. So our founding fathers gave us, uh, our framers gave us a seven boundary republic. They divided government power between um, mm-hmm. uh, the, the legislative process they, they and an executive process and um, a judicial process and then That those three tiers on the Mm -hmm. top and those three tiers on the bottom are are separated through federalism that those seven boundaries, right? They're really, really important. That's, that's, we, we're talking about how to get
0: the Republic back boundaries. (laughs) Those boundaries don't Uh exist
1: anymore. So we have to have the separations of power uh, in order for our Republic to function correctly. Um, Self-reliance, which is really what we'll be talking about today, yep. that's a part of getting our republic back. That's a part of fixing things. And that's I think that's going to get forced on us. Self-reliance yeah, is about too. ready to get forced We're going
0: to end up going back to the land, people.
1: Very possibly, yeah. It looks that way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> um, and also, to fix this problem, we're going to have to go back to voting in person Yeah. on paper ballots that can be perhaps sequentially numbered and and audited Mm -hmm. easily where you can see how you voted, but it's still a secret ballot. Right. But in person, it has to happen.
0: Technology is nice, but it's not delivered uh, for us here.
1: We'll never Mm -hmm. be free unless we go back to that.
0: Yeah, I agree with you.
1: And, and we have to return to God. Yeah. At least not everybody not everybody doesn't have to believe in God, but well, most of us need to have the goodness that comes out. Look at this of John
0: our, Wayne movie. Were right. they afraid to say it? <laughs> look up at the sky and say, "Thank you God, we'll take it from here." Right. I mean, look at every disaster movie. When they look to God as the disasters rolling out, we are a nation. And there's
1: a reason to Tocqueville said that America's goodness was found. Right, in we're a her nation of people right? it's that
0: believe this. So right. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pretend we don't. So that's
1: the prescription. Just that's the prescription. Right I love there.
0: It. I love it. Okay. So then, let's talk about the actual republic. Why? Why did we want to come here so badly? And this is a the the writer of this actually fought for the French. He was um, he uh, he cultivated uh, so, some land over here, had a family, was thrown in jail. His whole trunk of um, uh, journals and manuscripts, because he wrote these you know letters from an American farmer, uh, were then returned to him when he left jail, only to find out that they had killed his wife. And also, uh, he owned a piece in Pennsylvania. Um, and uh, of land that he was uh, farming and cultivating as he wrote these letters. But he ended up uh, getting these letters published, and he died in the early 1800s. But when he wrote these letters, what he had to say about where he was at with what America looked like to him as a person who had been educated— Right. right he'd been educated um, across the pond and he when he came here what and what being an American farmer meant to him let me just give you one of the excerpts from this book these are the kinds of books that our youth need to be reading this is called letters from an American farmer by crab so it uh, he says I, and I quote as it is from the surface of the ground which we till that we have gathered the wealth we possess The surface of that ground is therefore the only thing that has hitherto been known. It will require the industry of subsequent ages, the energy of future generations. Air mankind here will have leisure and abilities to penetrate deep and in the bowels of this continent search for the subterranean riches it no doubt contains. And then he writes, we want much the assistance of men of leisure and knowledge. We want, uh, we want, uh, uh," Well, then he goes on, he says, after all, we should, why should not a farmer be allowed to make use of his mental uh, uh, faculties as well as others? Because a man works, he is not to think. And if he thinks usefully, why should not he in his leisure hours set down his thoughts? Because he was talking about how much the farmer thinks when he's plowing his fields. The thought process that's going on, right? And he goes on and he says, um, he says, you know, uh, he talks about his mind and uh, in the introduction of many useful ideas. And then he says, it's not only in the noisy shop of the blacksmith or the carpenter that these studious moments can be enjoyed as we silently till the ground and muse along. Um, and then he writes this he says, uh, the English farmer have some of those privileges we possess, they would be the first of their class in the world. Good and evil, I see, are here to be found in all societies, and it is in vain to seek for any spot where those ingredients are not mixed. I therefore rest satisfied and thank God that my lot is to be an American farmer instead of a Russian boar or a Hungarian peasant. He goes on to talk about what he can learn take from this land give to this land and that the land became everything about his existence because he had the opportunity to own the land so
1: interesting so this this theme that we start with the principles of liberty Mm -hmm. give men the greatest incentive to flourish so what's the difference between the farmers in europe that he knew and what he experienced and part of it is that he had the freedom to keep his I mean, the product of his work, right? Right. The wealth that came out of the ground was his because he worked it and made it happen, yeah. and that was part of what the American experiment did was gave us the right, right, to property. Yeah. But the way that affects him, as you read this story, mm-hmm. the the uh, he's exultant. I mean, you can hear the happiness in his right. as he ex- uh, expresses. Um, what life meant to him as he s- sees the product of of his farm, and then he marries
0: and starts mm-hmm. to have
1: children, and all of a sudden his house is more cheerful, and yeah, and he ha- <laughs> and, and he, he finds
0: joy in raising the kids and having them plow right. with him, and the lessons that can be learned and taught, and he, he dreams even, about giving even
1: more, giving, giving like them even the the more land. meaning to right. what he, to the work that he was producing.
0: You know, it, and it was interesting, too, he made the observation. He says, why aren't the more like learned men of the universities, why are they not coming over here? Why are the botanists not coming over here? Why is it the hardy men willing to work? And, and he said, do they not see what is happening over here? The cities, the towns that are being cultivated from the embryonic stage that are, that are, that are coming forward, what a sight to see. How amazing to watch this happen and to see that that this land then becomes um, owned by the people that come over here. We'll get we'll get right back to this because there's so many lessons to be learned in his writings. Letters uh, from an American farmer back in the mid-1700s. I'll be right back. Kate Daly Show.
1: Open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show.
2: And on the 8th day, God looked down on his planned paradise and said, I need a caretaker. So God made a farmer. God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. God said, I need somebody willing to sit up all night with a newborn colt and watch it die then dry his eyes and say, maybe next year. I need somebody who can shape an axe handle from a persimmon sprout, shoe a horse with a hunk of car tire, who can make harness out of hay wire feed sacks and shoe scraps, who planting time and harvest season will finish his 40-hour week by Tuesday noon and then painting from tractor back put in another 72 hours. So God made a farmer. God said, I need somebody strong enough to clear trees and heave bales, yet gentle enough to yean lambs and wean pigs and tend the pink-combed pullets, who will stop his mower for an hour to splint the broken leg of a meadow lark." So God made a farmer. It had to be somebody who'd plow deep and straight and not cut corners, somebody to seed, weed, feed, breed and rake and disk and plow and plant and tie the fleece and strain the milk, somebody who'd bale a family together with the soft, strong bonds of sharing. Who would laugh and then sigh and then reply with smiling eyes when his son says that he wants to spend his life doing what dad does. So God made a farmer.
0: Oh, I love it. Uh, Paul Harvey, by the way, you're listening. Uh, that's Paul Harvey. Uh, so God made a farmer and, uh, you're listening to the Kate Daly show. I have Dr. Paul Gooch with me today. We did a show about three weeks ago where we talked about restoring the Republic. So grateful to have him in, by the way. Um, I had Mike Lindell on last week and Mike was gracious enough to sort of partner up with this show and offer the code Kate K A T E. Um, if you're going to order pillows, Towels, mattress toppers, dog beds, blankets, uh, down comforters. They have it all, you guys. You get to help the show and Mike do what he's doing. And we both need your support. So go to MyPillow.com and when you do an order, you will get the savings, you'll get all the discounts, put in the code Kate, K-A-T-E. This is a great way to order the stuff you already know you're going to be ordering or picking up. Do it through MyPillow so you can support this show, Staying on the Air, and so you can support Mike Lindell and all of the things he's doing, the movie Absolute Truth, and um, Absolute proof, I'm sorry, absolute proof is amazing, all about the fraudulent election. And so you can support both of us by going to MyPillow.com and putting in the code Kate, K-A-T-E, for every order of all of those items. It's And they're all amazing items. I've had a MyPillow for four years. I love my pillow. So just go ahead and order up, put in the code Kate, or you can call 1-800-873-1052. 873-1052.
1: And Kate, who was my pillow before my pillow was cool. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> better throw absolutely. That in there, right? <laughs> Thank
0: you. Um, all right. So, have you ever wondered why farmers aren't liberal progressives?
1: Do you know how many there are? I'm just looking at the stats right now. Two point six million people in the United States are farmers. Not out liberal of, progressives. Out of, out of <laughs> 350 farmers. million people.
0: Yes. It's a very, very so that, small percentage. Maybe this is common
1: core math, because <laughs> Google is saying 1.3% of our population are farmers, but 2.6 million farmers out of 350 million people is like 0.66% of a percent. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's not very many of us. Uh, there's about um, two uh, 2 million farms mm-hmm. in operation in the United States. It's a steep decline.
0: Yeah, it is. Steep decline. And ask yourself why. Usually if you go onto a farm, you'll find somebody that usually loves God, loves the country, loves limited government. Why is that? <laughs> hmm. Could there be a connection? Maybe so. Because you in the cities, if you're listening to this from a city, you are dependent. Farmers are not dependent. Dependent they can actually self-sustain, okay? There's something to that. Now, I'm not talking about all the government stuff that they've thrown at farming in the last 100 years. I'm talking about the essence of what it means and what it meant when they were coming over to this country. When you were leaving Europe, you didn't have... You did not. You weren't able to uh, to do the acquiring. There was not a lot of property ownership. If you did own it, you had to give it to the kids and keep dividing it into where it was practically nothing, and you could put a shed on it. You couldn't jump classes. You couldn't um, change your situation. You really could not believe in the God you wanted to believe in. You could not. uh, You did not have the freedom. Right. You had complete control. I had Lily Tang Williams on yesterday, talked about uh, China. It was very, very controlling. If the king said, off with your head, off with your head. No, they, there was no real due process, no real due process like we know it today. There were a lot of reasons they came over here. But when they did come over here, letters from an American farmer back in the 1700s, great book, talked about the fact that they came here and it was all about the land. And it was all about this this awakening to land ownership, to the beauty of Investing in this piece of land that was going to give you your wealth, your 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 profit, your your lessons in life, your understanding of what it meant to basically address your God given rights to say this is my God given right. I am living as a free person. And the way that they talked about this, go ahead yeah, give well, us an so, excerpt from so this. This uh, is this, amazing. this
1: Cor, who was mm-hmm. born in France and classically educated there and just found absolute joy in being an American farmer because of the liberty that was attached to it and the difference between mm-hmm. that and what he had seen over there. But he, he says, I felt myself happy in my new situation. And where is that station which can confer a more substantial system of felicity than that of an American farmer possessing freedom of action, freedom of thought, ruled by a mode of government which requires but little from us i own nothing but a peppercorn to my country I owe a nothing small but a peppercorn to my king. Yeah, this is pre-revolutionary America. Yeah, I owe
0: nothing but a peppercorn <laughs> to my country. I love that. Go ahead. I
1: work. I just. I mean, I raise all these kids yeah, and cows, Yeah, i am doing all and of and this all over of the...
0: here, and I, I owe you nothing and over I owe you there because you did nothing, nothing to help me do this. I did this as a free Isn't that man. is
1: amazing that our revolution yeah, came yeah. out of that? Right. I mean,
0: <sighs> it is amazing. We, Think about this. We
1: we wanted to be free so bad, and we, we weren't even very oppressed. But we wanted right. to be. We, in fact, um, not as oppressed as we are now. Captain Levi Preston, who was the last living Revolutionary War hero, mm-hmm. uh, was interviewed, and he said, "When, when asked, you know, why, why did you fight the Revolutionary War? Were you oppressed?" And he says, "We weren't oppressed." Well, did, what about the tea tax? Well, never paid a penny for it. The boys mm-hmm. threw it in the harbor. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. What about well, the what notary about tax, tax? Well, Whatever. only when I was. Well, then you know, why the did service, you yeah. fight the Revolutionary War? Mm-hmm. And he said this incredible thing. He said, "Because we had always been free, and we meant to be free always." So they saw what was coming. I mean, I, almost more than whatever oppression they felt, which was certainly was there, but, but more than that, they saw what what it was leading to, and they weren't willing to give it up. They didn't want to give an inch. You're right, right. Yeah. you're right. A peppercorn, that's all the taxes I owe is you, a peppercorn. Isn't
0: that amazing? Yeah.
1: So lots has changed since yes. then, of
0: course. But. And when you're sold the critical race <clears throat> theory of the day, just remember that when he was talking about this, and this was a product of the day, he talked about the Negro slave. And he said that it was worse to be over in Europe under what they were going through as he wanted to make sure that um, that the slave under, under their tutelage were fed and, and had clothing and had all of these things at their behest. The care that he talked about in this way does not give you the same picture that critical race is giving you because you have to remember this was a product of their day it was not this was this was going on for centuries so we had to change an overall world mindset of slavery at the time but when you think about the care that he talked about and he said our negro slaves were better off here than they were even over there and i i thought about that last night i was i was reading through this book and It gave me a different picture of where they were at with all of this. And as we try to paint the lens with the 2021, you know, lens, it isn't fair because we can't go back into a mindset. We have particular mindsets of our day too, that a hundred years from now they'll talk about, right? What if they get that wrong?
1: Right. Well, this is why it's so important to go back to the original history and read what's Mm -hmm. going on. And certainly our system is the first first system in the history of the world that eliminated.
0: Right. And we're not saying slavery is right. Of course it's not because it makes men not free. But what we're saying is, is that it's not the picture you're being painted to believe right now. Right. It's absolutely it it was it was um, not like it is Uh, as far as maybe in some corners, but not as a as a broad paintbrush stroke. Right. You could not say. um, Well, we
1: learned a lot from. Yeah. That little passage.
0: Well, yes. And he also said um, he also said this. He said, my father left me three hundred and seventy one acres of land, um, 47, you know, which were a meadow and orchard. And and he looked at all of this and like he said, uh, he talked about the freedom and he talked about how raising his son gave him. All of the perspective he needed in life, his wife gave him a new perspective. She would just sit and knit and and say, you know, how great his furrows were, you know, and 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 as he was farming, comment on the farming, and it was a simplistic life, but that didn't make it a dumb life. It made it where he had a better perspective on the world than somebody sitting over in Europe because he was free enough to have that perspective. Well, he
1: was joyful about it. He was and joyful. He didn't have to worry about somebody coming and take it away from him. That was you, yes. You know, that was clear
0: yes, and uh, and he talked about how, um uh, when he contemplate his wife um by the by the fireside, suckling their child, I cannot describe the various emotions of love, the sweet pleasure, and the acting my part. Oh, I thought we were supposed to believe that women had to have the feminist movement to ever be seen or acknowledged. Oh, yeah. no, that isn't true, right? And, ha-
1: and that scene makes him weep
0: <laughs> the scene makes him weep. At the joy that his wife brings him and the respect he had for his wife.
1: So the cool thing about this, this is a metaphor for us, right? I mean, there's, hopefully America is never going to see a day mm-hmm. again where everybody has to be farmers, right? Well, I mean. I think we're going
0: to be in for a <laughs> but, shock But the on important
1: that. thing is land ownership and mm-hmm. the ability to have um, property is, that you can enjoy. The, the
0: This is what he said. He said, the instant I enter on my own land. That the bright idea of property, of my exclusive right, of independence, exalt my mind. Precious soil, I say to myself, by what singular custom of law is it that thou want to, to made to constitute the riches of, a, of the freeholder? What should we American farmers be without the distinct possession of that soil? It feeds, it clothes us, and as we draw... Even a great exuberancy, our best meat, our richest drink, the very honey of our bees comes from this privileged spot. No wonder we should thus cherish its possession to wonder that so many Europeans who have never been able to say that such my father um, into a pleasant farm. And in return, it established all of our rights on all of our rights On it is founded, our rank, our freedom, our power as citizens, our importance as inhabitants of such a district. These images I must confess I always behold with pleasure and extend them as far as my imagination can reach. For this is what may be called the true and the only philosophy of an American farmer.
1: So I look around and see all the high-rise apartments that are going up in our city. I know, and I think of the incentive structure, and it's making it too easy right. to not be a landed
0: person. Yes, and you say, you know, where's my check from the government? Where's my government done for me? When, when uh, during the, um, you know, the not having the electricity in Texas, the blackout, and that person that said, my government expects me to be self reliant, and it's frustrating. <laughs> and I thought we're doomed. Our mindset doomed. has changed so much. <laughs> What happened to us? Because yeah. when we when we were farming, we got this. When we came over here and didn't have anything but the land. It was right. the only thing we had. Land and freedom and freedom of religion. We excelled. We loved. We imagined. We understood what freedom was. Because of that soil. So basic and so easy to understand. Be right back on the Kate Daly Show. Don't go anywhere. Dot com.
1: Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Cape Daly Show.
0: My country. Welcome back. Kate Daly Show, com for the podcast. Bye. Um, I've got Dr. Paul Gooch with me, and uh, it's kind of like the second edition of the last conversation we had three weeks ago. Check out his podcast from three weeks ago. Um, you'll love it. It was on a Friday as well. And you made it to Friday. Congratulations. <laughs> I know the weeks seem long with bobblehead in office and all the stuff we're going through, and I get it, but we've got to get back to our roots and discuss the things that that give us a different perspective than the one we're hearing in the news um, all the time and being shoved down our throats by a bunch of uh, globalist communists. That don't understand uh, America. And so we have a lot of work to do, people. <laughs> and uh, make sure you get over to Balance of Nature as well. These are real fruits and vegetables that are not touched by chemicals. They dehydrate these, uh, they take out the water and the air, and they give you the nutrients. 31 a day, 31 fruits and vegetables a day. You just can't go wrong. I love this product. Balanceofnature.com, put in the code KATE, just like my pillow. Put in the code KATE, K A T E, and you'll get 35% off in free shipping. You will love this product, I promise you. Um, B- big um, amen to that, too. Oh, you've been taking it. I've been
1: taking it for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Paul I was loves taking Balance and Nature
1: before Balance and Nature was cool. You know what's cool. funny
0: is now I'm finding out so many of my friends have been taking yeah, this for a long 20 time. Years. 20 years. And not
1: I've been taking a triple for 20 years.
0: Oh, my yeah. gosh. This is why you're so I, healthy. I
1: love those guys. They're yeah, amazing. I hope I never see the day where I can't get it. Talk about farmers. My head. Oh,
0: yeah. Right? yeah. What
1: Far- a way to make that produce come home. In a really I'm so easy glad way. you love
0: this product. I really am because yes, 20 years you guys yeah. and you're healthy.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. Made a big difference. in Yeah. My world, a lot of energy. Sure.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. So just a couple of things, you know, we fight land, we fight wars for land. We are about the land. Everything is about the land. Think about it. When you feel crunched on by government, what's the first thing you want to do? You want to go buy a piece of property. Why? Right. Are you going to be a farmer? Well, you want a piece of property so that you can dictate within the boundaries of that piece of property that you own what you can do, no matter what it is. You want the freedom away from your government telling you what to do.
1: Yeah, we we're, we're talking about this on the break. Mm-hmm. I, if, In my opinion, and I, I just think almost everybody, especially if you're raising a family, almost mm-hmm. everybody, ought to, it ought to be a minimum of an acre. That's so hard to come by today. It is. They've made it almost impossible. If you want to have a minimum of an acre of ground, mm-hmm. but it's, it's not just about the farming. This is a metaphor for it, right? Yeah. So we're talking about the principles of liberty properly applied. Create the greatest incentive for humanity to flourish. And you got to have property, really, if you want to understand the true nature of freedom. Yep. So uh, I think about the neighborhoods that I grew up in mm-hmm. and the neighborhoods I raised my kids in. Where there was minimum of an acre size, some of us did farm, some of us raised horses, some Mm -hmm. of us did pigs, sheep, and cows. Some of us um, built race cars. Yeah, you know, some of us parked RVs on them. But you just, if you have space, um, you have freedom.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And um, not everybody, because part of what we're talking about here today is what's common too, right? We might be forced into self-reliance. Yeah. whether we want to or not. It could be that. It looks, you it, know, the fundamentals look like we might shortages. be growing our own food, Well, they keep right?
0: telling us by 2025.
1: But America is such, a, like we have so many natural resources and things. We won't mm-hmm. need everybody to be farmers, but everybody, a lot of people better learn how to grow the food that, yes. that, that they need to eat. But if you have property, um, maybe you, you have other skill sets. I mean, maybe you could manufacture yes. things that your farmer neighbor needs or whatever. You need space need space to do it. People got to figure out how to get around whatever it is that's forcing everybody into high-rise apartments.
0: That is so true. Yeah. Not only the lessons that can be learned, but what it can offer us right now. You know, in the Letters from an American Farmer, the book that we're talking about that was written in the mid-1700s, um, he was talking about learning uh, pleasure and more dignity um, for for being an American farmer as the primary occupation. And he said, "The father, thus plowing with his child and to feed his family, is inferior only to the emperor of China plowing as an example to his kingdom." <laughs> In the evening, when I returned from the setting sun, I was before scarcely acquainted with their existence. They are so small that it is difficult to distinguish them, but they are carefully improving the short evening space. And he talks about just the simplest things that he learned from and the beauty that he observed as he started to slow down a little bit and look at the land, what he cultivated, what he got out of it, what his family got out of it and what they were putting into it and everything they were gaining in character and integrity and and pleasure and and all of these wonderful qualities that were coming out of this person that got a chance to own a piece of property and cultivate it right. to see, to see, cause he said, you know, he even alluded to the fact that God gives you this, this, this soil. What are you going to do with it? And now it is up to the challenge of who you are, what you do with it and put into it away from the government control. The government has no business being in that, distinct experience of you tilling cultivating and being part of your own experience with your own land like government has no role in that and and the role would be very very slight whatever role it has and and how he was talking about that because he goes over over there in europe you guys don't get it You don't get what, why we're here. And we're only attracting the hardy, the hardy worker, the guy that wants to work his butt off for this dream. But he goes, and all you so-called learned people are staying behind. You don't understand what we're getting over here. We have more than you and you think you're so smart, but we have more. It was amazing to see what happened to him as he was so busy, just concentrating on the soil that was in front of him and everything that he gained from that.
1: Right. Uh, you know, as, as our city, um, and you, I think you see this everywhere, as cities develop with um, smaller and smaller lots and tighter and tighter densities and deeper mm-hmm. and taller and higher. And I, um, I had lots of conversations with our city fathers here saying, look, there's, there's a, a reservoir of aptitude, cultural aptitude. Um, that comes with people who who grow up on property, you know, yes. whatever their skill sets are, whether it's mm-hmm. farming or other things, and you you dry that right up. And I, I mean, I get it; it's right for some people to live in, you know, duplexes or apartments or whatever. Right, but right, right. You, you don't want everybody there, right? Right. I, I can't tell you how many times on the property we own, people come by and say, "Where can we find some space like this?"
0: I'm mm-hmm. like,
1: well, good luck.
0: <laughs> well, there was something to you know, I, even if you wanted to go to biblical, okay. Um, this isn't a, uh, you know, this isn't a show where God has talked about 24 seven on this show. There are networks like that you can listen to, but you have to say to yourself when, uh, it, in, in, in even referring to Adam and Eve to go uh, by the sweat of your brow, you know, (laughs) and, and, and work, there was something about the work, um, that, that work would always be available for you why is that there would always be soil to till there would always be something to produce there would always be work work yeah available to you and what's to the do. new
1: what's the new mindset yeah <laughs> that has weakened us right yeah my happiness is your responsibility
0: yeah dependency right. yeah dependency and then of course it is the government will take care of you. I don't have to do anything for you. I'm just all about me.
1: And I guarantee you those farmers back in the day, they weren't worried about what their neighbor thought in that regard, you know? Yes.
0: They yes. Weren't, they weren't
1: looking to their neighbor to make them happy.
0: No, they weren't. They weren't. But And then also as they, as they took the, the fruits of those labors and they shared and they did what they want voluntarily, not yeah. with government coercion, but they became a community of farmers for a reason. And that was born out of voluntary means to help yeah. one another. But you had your piece, you were responsible for. It's just a whole different mindset than what our kids are being shown today.
1: Right. So liberty made us mm-hmm. grow and develop and flourish and, and in you know, the so technological advances in so many ways that came, that was born out of liberty yeah and the and the place where we really first tasted it was in our agrarian years, yeah so Thomas Jefferson said that he, he thought the strength of our nation would be in its small landholders, mm-hmm. which is is really telling. I don't think anybody envisioned what what we're living today,
0: mm-hmm. right yeah,
1: but the principle's still the same, even if everybody's not farming on their property. People ought to mm-hmm. have property.
0: The reason that I invited Dr. Uh, Paul Guchon, because you're saying, well, he's a doctor. How does he know? Well, <laughs> <laughs> then you don't know Paul. Paul is, um, he also uh, has has farmed. He also um, enjoys uh, cultivating his own property. He is very much aware of all of these things that we're talking about. And that's why I knew he could talk about this out of his own experiences, yeah. because he was, he was raised this way, too.
1: Very meaningful. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's just something really special when I listened to that Paul Harvey clip. You know, it brought me back to what the farmer is today, but what the farmer has always been. And it's always been the good stock of America, the the people that truly understood the role of government to a point, right? You know, the the government is supposed to be limited because I, man, work this land. I, man, own this land. I, man, have these rights from my creator. You stand over their government while I perform and produce. And am, and we have lost that in this country. We do not understand what those two roles are.
1: You know, I, I have to say, <clears throat> James Wilson, one of our framers, Pennsylvania mm-hmm. delegate mm-hmm. signer of the Constitution, he said, Let us ransack the records of history. So we've been talking about that a lot today. I mean, you and I probably have both been on a journey where we're picking up some of this original work mm-hmm. by our founder and framer generation. It's fascinating stuff. There's treasures of knowledge there There that we need to face whatever it is that's coming. Mm -hmm. We need that knowledge. It it exists. You just got to pick it up and read it. They
0: don't want you to open a book. Yeah, They don't. They don't want you to read from this perspective of what they, they were thinking about back then, why they came here. And even in other journals that I've talked about on the show where they wrote back and they said, yeah, it's really hard, but at least you have a chance. Right. At least you get a chance to do what you want to do rather than being told what to do and how you are going to conduct your life and being at the behest of a king. Well, and,
1: and this is not as daunting as it seems to. I'm just going to share a teeny mm-hmm, experience. Sure. I had. I've been uh, just lately diving into some John Adams. It's mm. called the Defense of the Constitutions of the Government of the United States. And I opened the, there's three volumes. He's actually describing how our republic is formed and the separations of power and stuff. But he starts the book off by quoting thucydides who's a a greek philosopher and he describes a scene where um, there's a great fraud Mm -hmm. and king darius comes out of that great fraud and then he describes the uh, just the breakdown of Greek society after that, and the just the horrible deprivations and murders and things, and the way that the people became disconnected from each other. In fact, Thucydides' description that John Adams quotes reminded me so much of 2020. It, it made my heart hurt. And John Adams says in the book, "to to read it, it was distressing to him to read the mm-hmm. the, the historian Thucydides." But he makes this reference to the neighing of Darius. The neighing of the horse of King Darius. And so I have to stop and go see, what does that mean? And there's a fascinating story there. Mm -hmm. It's the story of the the fraud that got King Darius in power. Uh, Anyway, there's nothing new under the sun, but treasures and treasures of knowledge that these guys left us.
0: What book is that?
1: This is called A Defense of the Constitution of the Government of the United States of America, a three-volume set by John Adams.
0: You know, we have got to... To take the opportunity if we're going to educate this country into what we have been in the past, who we were and why we got here. And if we don't, we can't return to it because we're, we're so far from beginnings that we we won't be able to unless we draw unless we have some sort of bridge to our past
1: I don't know what it's gonna look like is it gonna be through peaceful means or is Mm. it gonna be trying to bring it back from the ashes but man we're in trouble like
0: I said before I'm not the kind of person to say Biden's not my president because the reality is speaking to me that he is but I am the person to say um, that I can't believe that we that we're just taking this coup and not doing a thing about it so When you say that, that's what comes to mind is, I can't believe that we are okay with this coup. And I know people don't know what to do about it. And I'm not saying be violent because I would never say that. What I'm saying is, is are, are we rolling over? Is this it? Like, well, are,
1: what to do about it is to what do, learn. <laughs>
0: what do we do? Yeah, our we Our founding learned. father said, we the, learned. Re, you know, mm-hmm.
1: Republican forms of government, that's where our freedom comes from. What does that mean? Go learn that again. Go learn what they meant when they said Republican forms. Not Republican Party. Mm-hmm. Republican forms. Learn that. Yeah. Learn how to be self-sufficient right. again. Make sure nobody mm-hmm. gets elected in your state that didn't come right. out of a neighborhood delegate-driven nominating process. Mm-hmm. Make sure.
0: Right now, they want to declare emergencies so they can take freedom. Agenda 21 is about taking land. Agenda 21 is about taking over uh, our cities. You know, everything they're doing is to take everything that we just talked about. So, we have a huge duty to... To educate ourselves and to understand this so that we go and we understand why we're shoring up property rights. First,
1: remember and fix it. And our freedom and freedom (laughs) of speech. Remember and fix
0: it. Uh, Thank you so much, Dr. Paul Gooch. Appreciate you. And uh, Alison Armstrong joins us next. Be right back. Kate Daly Show. Don't go anywhere. KateDalyRadio.com.